From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Here we are, hour number two. How did that happen? It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Vince Noble, and uh, Bill George uh, starting up all kinds of crud today. Uh, we appreciate well, you listening in here this morning and having a good time. We were talking last hour about uh, Red Tide and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, beyond what's going to, to uh, happen, uh, we know that there are now restrictions. It's catch and release only until the FWC deems that we are out of the woods. But and, it's... Uh, at least into well, right now they extended the executive order into May tenth or something like that of two thousand and next year. Yes, until nineteen. So for for quite a while, snook and redfish, Pasco down, catch and release well, only. You know that's for the law abiding citizen. I'm sure that there'll be these those who are, uh, you know, have the hibachi set up back in the mangroves, and as they catch them, they'll enjoy a nice little or lunch the, and a the, sandwich. The, and the, the idiots. Well, those I like are the to ones that died from red tide. The fillet, um, the fillet and release cloud that I like to say. There are uh, some fillet and release me, guys out there. Let me ask there. you a question. I'm in a seventy thousand dollar center console boat, and yeah. I'm gonna fillet a fish that I could go to Publix and buy for ten bucks, and have the chance of losing my $50,000 truck, my $70,000 boat, all my tackle and everything else over a piece of freaking fish. That's called stupid should hurt. Explain that one to me. They do it because they can. Explain that one to me. Well, it's the, it's the law. And uh, I would say that if you're going to do something like that, not that I would encourage it. uh, uh, I would say you have a $70,000 big sign on a console boat. International waters is not that far away for you. Exactly. So just head out offshore and have a picnic. The sad part about it is, is like you just said, the law-abiding crowd, which is the guys sitting in this room or guys that, you know, are fitting that description. I have a guy that asks me every weekend, when we go fishing, man, you know, we do flay and release. I'm like, I'm not going fishing with you, But that's that's my thing is, is it's like uh, a good friend of mine, God rest his soul, with the bear situation. You know, I feel like with a lot of this stuff that we're heading in that direction to where people are going to start. How do we affectionately say this? Taking matters into their own hands. Oh, yeah. And well, that's, uh, you know, revolt. I, I, uh, well, but I'm it's just not no. a revolt. It's it's those people <laughs> who finally just and uh, we talked about it, you know, back during the bear thing. It uh, it got brought up again when the uh, grizzly bear hunt was canceled around Yellowstone, and even uh, my friend, our good friend Steve Austin, and I got into it, uh, texting back and forth. Uh, you know, there's over 800 grizzly bears or so around the outside area of Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. The ones that are in Yellowstone are completely protected; they're mm-hmm. not asking to get those. It's on the outlying area of it that they were going to do the hunt, and. This is the thing that gets me. They were only and you know look- what the the carrying capacity is on that. They were looking at taking twenty three bears out of the area total, total, and that's completely around Yellowstone. So that's what three, oh four different gosh. states. So uh, and they canceled it. And because uh, this is the same the same discussion you're having now with this 
is the same discussion that I get into people with about elephant hunting. But go ahead. Yeah, well, they, you know, they, so they canceled it because you know why do you need to kill a bear? Body, body, body. Why, why, why do you need? And uh, you know, no one talked to the ranchers or any of those about the nuisance bears and all that stuff like that. And I, I finally came to the same conclusion that I did about our black bear hunt. Is I told Steve Austin, I said, well, you know, they're going to die anyway. You know, they're either going to die by the game commission that's there once they're reported or once they're caught in the barn and they've, you know, they're eating a calf or a, or a foal, uh, they're going to be shot and put down. So th- they're going to do that. Or, you know, it's that hole in the back 40 that's going to be drug out by a tractor in the middle of the dark and, and wasted and, and wasted and stuck yeah. down in the ground. Um, I, I don't like to assume these things, but you know, we're human beings and you know, it happens it's happen. that, you know, there are black bears that are in the state of Florida that'll never see five years old or three years old because their mothers taught them and trained them how to eat out of garbage cans. And somebody somewhere, somehow, some way in the middle of the dark is going to make a, a pow pow noise. And the neighbor down the street's going to go, is that Earl down there shooting? No, nah, he's even, always down there shooting. Or they're not going to make a pow pow noise. They're going to dig in that garbage can one night and they're going to find something that, uh, exactly. you know, they and, don't wake up from. And, uh, you know, we had a solution, but, uh, you know, the uh, the people who are against those types of actions they don't see that side of it, but they they blame it on us. They blame it on hunters and go, see, they're bloodthirsty. They're out there killing them anyway. They're out there. They're just evil people, and that's what they do. And they go, well, that's because. Uh, let me see what you, what do you do if you come out every night and there's 15 raccoons going through your garbage in your little gated community? What would you do? Most people are going to. Do something about of it. Of course they would. You know, I mean, I don't know how many times you have a guy comes in and he comes in, hey, you guys got any BB guns in here? And I'm like, I got these raccoons out in the backyard. You know, or God forbid, you know, someone comes in and goes, yeah, I need to get something quiet at 22. I got these hawks that are getting my chickens. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, sir, you might not. Yeah. That's yeah. a federal offense. Yeah. You may not want to uh, do that kind of thing. Like you know. Well, uh, uh, trust me. So if one guy's asking, that means 10 guys are doing it. So he changes his story to, I got these Muscovy ducks that will. Muscovy. <laughs> <laughs> crapping on my driveway. <laughs> no, he's looking at the, no, that's the problem. He's, he's standing there with a gun looking at the hawk saying, okay, you can eat them. You eat them. Leave these alone. Yeah. Don't be touching my baby roosters. No, uh, but uh, that's the thing. I kind of. It's all equated in the same thing because when it comes to the snook and the redfish here, what we have to deal with on a regular basis, Bill George had a great point. If the FWC steps up and says red tide is at a, a, a low enough levels that everything is all cool, then it should not take a year, a year and a half for them to go, okay, now you can go keep some snook. It no, should I be, say a couple uh, months after the red tide. You should know, keep be, an eye on it. It should be. What, what do you mean? The, if they do a population survey and. They're at or exceeding their 20-year average. That's done. Why does it even how, take a Let me day? ask you this. How do they do the population survey? The same way they've done it for 20 years. How's that? They Go ask them? Gil at the research. I'm institute. asking you, Mr. FWC. I how do they know, do I it? Don't fu- Gil, let I, me tell you. I don't know if they do the stunning thing. Do they stun them out? I've never seen I've them never do, seen that. do that. Uh, they, I've never... Regardless, it it has to do with population sampling. And when you do the same thing consistently... Over a long period of time, you can see the trends are either. Are these the up. same numbers that they use for the Goliath grouper? They don't have they a lot of exactly. numbers because they're not sampling those. They're not sampling. You know why what, they're not sampling it. Goliath grouper? Because you can't paddleboard over a man and count as you swim by. You can't like paddleboard down the. I'm not. I'm not arguing the but, fact but, that but there's a lot I'm of saying. snug out there. I see them every time we go out. They're everywhere. Yeah, go to every yeah. power plant on the warm water intake, and and it. 
I can't stress enough. If you're interested in the red tide and want a little bit more facts and not so much emotion, go to the Florida channel and listen to FWC's Wednesday meeting because it was very enlightening. Uh, I was surprised. You know what I was surprised by? How much oxygen all these algaes produce for our world and what percentage of the oxygen is generated from algae. I thought it was the rainforest, Bill George. Without the rainforest, we're all dead. Look the number up and tell me what it is. Wait, are you telling me that Al Gore was wrong? You can't <laughs> tell me that. Really? You can't tell me that. Is that what you're telling me? Take it. Yeah, I, I think get so. A <laughs> get a break. We're going to take a break. It is the Wild Outdoors brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoor and Ben Ford. All right, here we go. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn. He's standing it up. Watch out. It's getting Vince, serious now. Bill George, my butt's falling asleep on that chair. So I had to stand up for a while. I had to stand up for a while. <laughs> Easy. He's sucking all the oxygen out of the room. Uh, I don't know. It's just to hear you say my butt's falling asleep, and you see Vince just drop his kick. <laughs> drop his can on there. Oh, wait, the wife's listing. We can't mention anything about tobacco products with his oh. wife listing on the show. You know what? I'll do that crap, dude. Shut up. <laughs> it was oh, a okay. Coke can. to get me in trouble. It was know. a Coke can. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. I could have sworn. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Where's that webcam when we need it? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Big sugar on one corner. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great events are going to be happening today. I think uh, we've got the uh, Sheila's. Uh, Sheila Tomontina, uh, Tomontana's uh, uh, deal is going on today. Uh, Lori Denton and uh, Brooksy Hall, their event's going to be coming up here pretty soon. Uh, as we mentioned last week, this time of year, it gets really, really busy. Next weekend, we're going to be out at the... Uh, Florida Sportsman's Expo will be broadcasting live out there. We invite you to come out there and hang out with us. And you got the national championships the of uh, superboats this weekend in Clearwater too. That's yeah. right. They're going to be out there running around, stirring, stirring up, up the red tide. Yep. They're break, they'll break it up. Is it Hooters' twenty fifth or thirtieth birthday? I, it's up. There. Lynn Austin's going to be out there hanging out. Oh really? Yeah, that, yeah. Oh, that Literally. Means, that means BL no. will be. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. We're on the way. I wouldn't. I put got it you. Pa- I wouldn't put it past her. Uh, BL, <laughs> it's her. It was her birthday uh, yesterday or yep. today, so she'll be out there as well. And I'm sure Bob Passwater and all the game will be out there. But uh, <gasps> there's lots of events coming up, and of course, between all this stuff is uh, is uh, hunt season, which has uh, been in full swing. Yeah. I know a lot. Of, I'm not uh, feeling it. You know, yeah. usually when football okay. season started, when uh, when I used to watch football, uh, you know, football season for me was like the kickoff and started getting ready to for hunting season to, to get underway. And when you get that first little touch no, of fall, when it, you get that first like cold said, front through. It's like you said before, the first weekend of college football, when college football starts, I know it's time. You, you, you know what the, the trigger time. is for me? And I saw it the other day is – all the acorns starting to fall. Oh, I thought it was because Dunkin' Donuts had pumpkin spice. In it. no. <laughs> it's no. time. Okay, no, no. Yeah. The, the acorns. When all of a sudden you, you go to pull in the parking spot and the, the whole ground's covered yeah, with but you acorns. know what? All kidding aside, I've talked to a lot of people this year, and they said the acorns aren't what they have been in the last couple of years. My tree isn't. It's well, a barren year. that may be a good thing. That's I was about to say. It's a barren year for my tree in the front yard. That usually is a pretty good indicator. It goes through its phases about every two or three years, and it 
this year was really liked the acorn crop on ours. So I don't know if it was the fact that there weren't enough bees in the neighborhood or something. I don't know. But well, one uh, of the guys I talked to said, "Oh, is that yeah?" (laughs) One of the guys I talked to said that with all the rain, not enough water. Everybody's yeah. (laughs) There you go. That's well. One of the guys said to me that was the problem. Is there's too Too much much? water, and when the acorns are hitting the ground, they're floating away. They're done. What are they called? Acorns. Acorns. Okay. So, it's a, it's a different. Do you do you think he buried you? I got a D six bulldozer. <laughs> Go ahead. It's a geographical thing. I know words. I had the best words, but there's no better word than stupid. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. It's a difference between uh, you know in Pinellas County, Hillsborough, we say palmettos, and in the central part of the state, they call them palmettos. I I is so, country. You know, okay, so I guess so. It's, it's all I, in where I you're is standing. Country. It's all in where you're standing. Okay, though. Uh, so deer season is uh, underway down south and everywhere else, and people are leaving the states in droves already. And pulling out some nice bucks. And uh, I, I tried to mention that to Bill George last week. I was like, dude, have you not seen some of the pictures of the deer that are taken out of the state of Florida this year? Pulling they're, out some nice ones. They're incredible. And I don't know. Nobody's giving up locations. They're just uh, giving quick descriptions of whatever it is that they have in the photograph with them. But... Um, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know if people are picking up better feeding habits or no. they're putting in the effort or no. the work or Photoshop. Age. Say it, Bill. Age. Say it, Bill. Say it, Bill. Age. It's age. You let these deer grow and, you know, regardless of whether or not you were somebody who were for or against antler um, tightening up restrictions. I mean, they are restrictions. Um it allows those deer to get a little bit older. And let me tell you, the second they get a little bit older, they get a lot smarter. And so that deer that might have been, hey, he's a six-point, all of a sudden he makes it a year, he's a smart dang deer. So, and he's a lot bigger. And he's a lot bigger. So when they start slipping up, you start seeing them biggins. Well, I think that... My I, two cents. I, I, I agree. I think that giving a deer time, we've said that from day one. If you, you know, if you're shooting when there's spikes, they never become twelve points. So when I started uh, hunting here in Florida, it was one inch above the hairline. Yep. Let me tell you, one inch. You can stare at a deer for buttons. an hour yeah. Yeah. and not Lord. see an inch, and he'd been legal. Yep. Well, and then nowadays there are still those who still, you know, they'll see a spike, they shoot a spike. They're um, hungry. And, uh, well, I'm okay Publix, with it. Hey, if you're going to kill it, grill it, I'm good with it. Just don't kill it for to kill it. Well, okay. I think, I think when it comes to the point where you're shooting a spike and uh, that's the only thing you want to do, it's, it's, there's two things. Either you're completely starving or you don't want to look like an idiot when you get back at deer camp. It's an ego thing. I hate to admit it, but I think for a lot Shoot of people it, it, so that they can go back to work and go, got a nice buck this weekend. And they go, oh, you did? Congratulations. And they go, oh, yeah, it was just a spike. But, you know, Here it was is. a nice deer. You know, but I mean, I got a deer. <laughs> we we put a lot of restrictions, and there's still more and more places now. You can't shoot a doe. Mm-hmm. And so where you would normally say, leave the spike walk, take a, take a doe. Yeah. You can't you shoot can't. a doe. So yeah. guess what? If they want to eat venison, they're, they're going to shoot, shoot. Well, and I've done my due diligence. You'd be proud of me. But I've kind of sparked a conversation at the shop with the whole discussion on our possible tag limit coming down the pipe for the near future bag, all- bag limit and I, and I and i've really not to be honest with you it's probably been like 
85, 90% for. You know. I'm for it. No, I've, it, I've been it, for it since day uno. Well, what's interesting is at the meeting up there this 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 Wednesday, there was a guy talking about, you know, having FWC do closures up in North Florida at certain times of high water because they have a situation where when the river floods, these deer are all getting up on these high ridges mm-hmm. and there are boatloads of guys going out there and he has accounts of them having 12 and 16 deer in a boat all mm-hmm. being legal and all nice bucks. Yeah. And it's all legal because they go up there, they find them on these, this little bit of ground that's left and they just waylay them. It's perfectly legal. So do all the panthers. Two deer a day, and, and uh, they go, they do it one day, and they go back the next day, and they fill I'm the boat a, up again. I'm a predatory animal. Sorry. But, <laughs> but if the animals... <laughs> but if I you mean, have a tag system now where you have a limited and you have restrictions, they won't be able to do that anymore. They won't so, be able to do it day in, so, day out. Well, that's They've, fine. That's all good. I, I'm all for that. But uh, I was going to say that uh, when you have those, not only the antler restrictions, and you give deer time to grow up... But I think that education uh, through television has probably helped out a lot as well. When they hear this show and they hear Jonathan and they hear me and they hear our commercials, you know, for Antler Max or getting out and doing food plots and doing the things that you need to do for nutrition, especially in the state of Florida, I think a lot more people are taking that to heart, especially on private land, where it used to be, you know, nobody gave crud about nothing. And now you got guys who are – planting food plots out in the back corner of a field, even if it's a half an acre or a 12 by 12 field that's that's got deer that can come in there. I mean, you don't have thousands of acres, and look what you do in your no. backyard. Right. You, you know, you're out there. You're giving them nutrition. You're giving them a start. If you, gotta, if you have a doe that shows up and she's nursing twins, you're helping her out in the long run. Now, does that help you? Because your wife's not going to let you take that. That deer. It if, does help me because I have a happy wife. Exactly. But those deer move and they move around and, and if you're somebody else is doing the it, overall you're helping deer herd. And and the thing I think there's a lot more people that are involved in doing that kind of thing. Can't do it on management areas, but I even think that some management areas with their burns and everything else that they're doing are creating. So why growth. mess with Mother Nature? We're not allowed to feed the alligators. Why we gotta feed the deers? Ding 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 ding. Because the bulldozers it, are still warming up. That's all I can tell you. That's all I can tell you. Because the deer's not going to drag the dog off the Because they can't hunt. They can't hunt. All right, we got to take a break. We're on the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by G5 Feed Outdoors and Brandon Ford. <laughs> oh, Lord. Give help. us your bottom line, Bill. Yeah. Hey, Bill, get out. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors in the studio today. Braden Gunn, Bill George, Vince Noble, Jonathan. We're all in here today. And for those of you that don't know what Bill was saying when we came back on air, that was exactly what the FWC was saying to him when he showed up for the commission meeting on Wednesday. Well, you do have... I I tell people... The Hawaiian shirt carries a little stroke. Take take (laughs) the time. Become an active stakeholder. Get get up there and, and... but you're not active. You're a thorn in their side, dude. Well, yeah. Well, that's being active. I mean, I, you know, I, I hate to bust on you, Bill George, but it's the truth. It's like anything else in this world. Um, people just don't. They don't Squeaky have time. Wheel. They don't have time to do it, and they don't have time to oh, run I, around I and do all that, that stuff. 
You know, I mean, if that were the case, I remember as a kid growing up here in Pinellas County, uh, you know, election day, there were lines around the building, people waiting to vote. And now, you know, everybody's even too busy to do that. You, you know, you know why there's by, not lines around the building anymore? It has anymore. to be done by early mail. Voting. Early, early voting. voting. That's what I just said. It's I wish I had the time, more time to go to these FWC meetings because I would like to have my voice heard. You know what? Yeah. I, I went to the one over here when they had it at Bill Jackson's. With your and, anti-sugar shirt on and everything else. And it was uh, a good time. <laughs> it was very interesting. <laughs> These it plots was, are getting bigger and bigger, aren't they? <laughs> Sorry, Braden. Sorry, Braden. <laughs> it was very educational in the fact that uh, you got to see how those meetings actually worked. And the problem is, is like with anything else in the world today, especially in the world of social media, Yeah, one side feels like it's not being heard enough, so they talk a lot louder or they get off topic and it turns into a shouting match and it got crazy. I will say that the one at, at Bill Jackson's, uh, it was very well done. They kept everybody pretty much under wraps. And I know that's very frustrating for a lot of human beings because you want to put your opinion out there and all that kind of stuff, which is one of the reasons why we wanted to do this show. I mean, uh, we invite people to call in all the time, even the opposition. And they so far have never taken us up on that opportunity because when I do get with uh, a, a deep discussion with somebody on social media, yeah, my usually I end the, with the phrase, "You're more than welcome to call the show and let our listeners have their opinion." Why well, is that the keyboard warriors won't do that? And and the next thing you know, they they all they just stop talking. It's do we have a cricket you, sound effect? It's kind of like when you stick a microphone in somebody's face when you're out on the sidewalk and they're going, you know, kill us, kill me, hey, how would you like? How do you feel about this? Don't talk to him. Don't talk to him. Don't 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 talk to him. All of a sudden, you know, wait a minute. You were just shouting it out to the world. I have a microphone here where you can shout it out to the world. So let's do it. No, nope, don't want to do it. You have the floor. You have yeah. And and I feel that uh, even at those FWC meetings, they feel like they're entitled and they're protected and they get to do their procedural things and then they do what they're there to get paid to do and then they leave and they go. Who to the gets next paid? One. The animal activists oh, yeah. and all those people who were there uh, on somebody else's dime no, to uh, represent I, I the will, uh, the voiceless. Apparently, I, I was there. Had a, on had your a own very, dime. Had a very good discussion with somebody else who's typically on the other side of some of the issues. And once again, we had a very good discussion. And she's just there because she's an active, engaged stakeholder with a different point of view on her own dime, just as just as well, you know. But, um, you know, who will never come to your side of the fence? No, actually, we, but agree, good we agree on some things. OK, well, what does that end up into doing? Does that agree on some things, but it doesn't come to the conclusion where it benefits all because one side wants more than the other? No, some some people on the other side want you to have nothing. Exactly. And others can tolerate <laughs> a certain amount of different points of view, but they're there to to look after what they believe doesn't have a voice for themselves. This is this is the point I was trying to make when someone posted that video of that guy uh, that asked this opinion, Glenn or Jonathan or somebody said, "Have you ever done this where the guy is fighting that big giant fish on the sea on the seawall?" And yeah. then next thing you know, there's thirty five yeah, people guys, around yeah. him. There's 35 people around him, and they're willing to hold the rod, help him in, and hold his pants. Well, help it was him a catfish. Up. Yeah, and, and to help him pull this ginormous, you it's, know, it was Welsh overseas. catfish yeah. uh, that probably weighed about 150 pounds. And I said, you know, those same people 
that are willing to help this guy pull this catfish out of the water. How come they're never around when you're dragging a deer out of the woods? <laughs> and if you did drag a deer out in the woods, the last thing they would do is want to Well, help but you. my thing is, is what I meant by when I tagged you guys in it to get your opinion on it was exactly like what you said. It's not so much from the hunting standpoint of it, but it isn't it amazing like in a fishing instance like that. Right. People, I mean, what was cool about it is you, you can ask him in the video – you see people running over there, and what's the first thing they're doing? They're getting their camera phones out. They're doing all, you know, it's taking the, pictures off of that. it. Ooh, what do you got? What do you yeah, doing? What exactly. You yeah, it, but it, it was my point when I said, you know, red tide. They didn't. Nobody gives two squats about red tide until there's a, a dolphin and a manatee and a turtle stuck up on the TV uh, out there. Then all of a sudden, <laughs> other uh, than it's smelling. Then all of a sudden, it's, red you know, tide just messing my day up. It, I just got stuff to do. You know, hey. it's like if we were snook populations are down and redfish are in critical condition because of red tide. Trust me, the lady sitting out there in her gated community outside of Orlando is going, whatever. Disney's still open, so what do I care? <laughs> I'm going to go to the phones. Good morning, Heather. How are you? Hey, good morning. Uh, okay, now you Heather. know the conversation. Uh, the conversation that's going on in this room is a little more lively, so you need to pick it up, sister. <laughs> The coffee hasn't kicked in, dude. Take it easy. I'm on, she, I'm she on Mountain Dew number two, so you better catch up. Travis just got <laughs> home like four hours ago. Woke two. her up when he got home, and now she's awake. Wait, she was. Did were you out last night bow fishing too, or no? I was not. It was our anniversary, so we. Oh, um, a little uh, she had a different thing. late night. A little champagne hangover. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Now, uh, but Heather and her lovely husband uh, are the proprietors of Twisted Limbs uh, Bow Fishing. And uh, you got something really cool that's coming up that Vince wanted us to get a hold of you about because I didn't know anything about this. Uh, you got like a, a kid's bow fishing tournament? What's going on with that? So next year, um, a lot of preparation of going into it. Seems like a long ways away, but we're going to um, hold what's called the Future of Florida Bowfishing Take-A-Team event. And um, today, uh, you can look on our um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can see how to apply for it. Um, a parent has to be involved. Um, they can submit um, a paragraph or two um, to the email um, uh, of my husband's, and um, these kids... It, they have to talk about um, why they think their child or their teenager, actually, age 13 to 18, um, would want to participate in this um, event in order to get their child out on the boat. That's very cool. Sweet. Now, uh, you know, once you take a kid out there, they're going to have a blast and it'll end up being something that they'll want to do for the rest of their lives. It's the same thing when you hand them a Zebco 202 and they catch their first little brim. Uh, you know, you've, yeah. you've created a, a fisherman for life in most cases. And I think that uh, this is a golden opportunity for a lot of people who've never been either introduced into archery or are boat fishing for, for, I'm for sure. Cause not a lot of people ever get to do that. You know, um, oh. uh, you know, they didn't grow up out in the country where they could run around a stock pond with a, a bear pony and some cedar arrows and try to shoot minnows all day. You know, it's one of those things. <laughs> I, I was hooked the first time I went out there. You know, everybody who's ever gone and, and actually done that, I don't care if it's, there's something about being out at night with lights. I don't care if it's a gig. I don't care if it's a bow. And, and you're out there and you're hunting. 
and you are you're out there actively it's hunting the sense for, of anticipation and, and and once you get out there and do it it's so much fun i mean it's really a blast and for you guys to get these kids involved like this that's a great idea and a great opportunity for some teenagers heather where where's the event going to be held at are we doing it out of maximo we are um in um february 16th of next year so let's oh, come yeah. up hey heather Yes, ma'am. Wake up! Wake up! She's all right. She's okay. She's been out all night. My voice is scratchy this morning. I don't know why. Maybe allergies. Was there a concert out last night or something? I don't know. No. It was an anniversary, dude, okay? He had a candlelit dinner on the boat fishing boat. I mean, come on. I got you. I got you. Well, you know, I know that we're kind of talking about it early, and we'll talk about it more as we get closer, but... As, It'll as, be here before you know it. As we all find out, I mean, I, I still can't believe that it's that we're full blown into deer season. I mean, seriously, uh, and uh, I haven't stepped out anywhere. I, I mean, I haven't gone out in the woods. I haven't done anything, and I'm just like I, I feel like I'm far behind. But yet, I don't feel like it's deer season yet. You know what I mean? I know they said it was the first day of fall last weekend, but yeah. pff, I, I just it's not in me. Ninety three instead of ninety five. I'm not feeling it. Are you are you guys still looking for like sponsors and prizes and stuff like that? Um, totally. Um, on the um, social media, you can find out how to do that, and uh, essentially, you would just contact me or um, Captain Kelly Anderson. Um, he's the other host of the show um, from the Fallen Outdoors, um, and we're taking um, any type type of sponsorship, um, if it's money or gas money for the captains that are traveling. Um, across the state to come to volunteer their time or taking prize, um, any type of donated prizes. Um, and we need people. Um, of course, it's an invited event. Um, you need to be invited to come, but um, we need people to help um, man a lot of responsibilities the night of. Um, what, what time does it start and end? Um, it's at 5 o'clock and it ends at midnight. Midnight. Well, nothing good happens after midnight anyway, so <laughs> I understand. Uh, well, this we'll talk about it more as we get closer to it, and uh, just keep us abreast on all the things that you might need and that kind of stuff like that. And uh, as we Don't get closer to it, the website too. Yeah, and uh, mention the website again. And anybody, I know this is a tournament in the future, but uh, people can still go out. I know red tide or not. I mean, uh, you can still go out and get some of them bottom fish for sure. And the reason we're doing it, um, the Beverly Woods uh, Foundation, Fishing and Hunting Foundation, um, has a goal of getting kids outdoors. Um, we've teamed up with them. Um, they've taken over 200 kids outdoors for free um, in their three and a half years of existence. And they're, um, they're the reason we're doing it. Um, their board members are going to come down um, and... Uh, participate and um, help get these kids outdoors. What's the website again? Um, for the um, Beverly Woods Foundation would be www.beverlywoodsfoundation.org. Um, for Twisted Limbs, it's twistedlimbsbowfishing.org. Or, I'm sorry, .com. And then... Um, we don't actually have a website for the event, per se. You don't need one. Yeah. You got Facebook. Yeah, You're we got, we'll get it on our pages. I'll get it on mine. We'll, we'll get yeah. it out there for you. Well, Heather, thanks for the call. And like I said, as we get closer to it, you know, uh, keep us abreast on how's it going and what you might need and all that kind of good stuff, okay? Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now See go, you, Heather. Go get a nap.
<laughs> See you, Heather. Thanks. Bye, Heather. Uh, we're the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're taking a fast break, you guys. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. We'll be back. Hang in there. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Jonathan, Vince Noble filling in for Glenn, who's out there in the woods today trying to get his one-and-done feeders put up and get everything He's on the couch in his underwear watching football. No, he's not either. He's out there. He's been it's not chomping. time yet. He's been chomping at the bit. He's been working his butt off uh, doing things uh, for everybody else for about the past month or so, and he finally got a good, solid weekend to try to get it all done. So he he's and Ginger... He's watching Living the Water Life. No. <laughs> No. Get up there. No, look how quick yeah, right? he said Thanks no, for the support, no. brother. No way. And uh, Bill George is always here uh, Never complaining, mind. complaining about the how cold the room is. Uh, but I, you know what? Speaking of living the water life, I'd be remiss in not saying that, you know, I gotta, I'm got. i proud of you, man. I mean, I've thank known you, you for thank a thousand you. years, and it's very rare that you get somebody who could go from transitioning from radio, uh, from your old sports radio days and everything else, into uh, television and being able to have a successful show out there, uh, doing living the water life. It's it's it took a little guts for you to get out and get from behind the microphone and and step out into a non comfort zone that you really weren't. I mean, you've always been a fisherman. You've always liked to go do things out in the water, but um, being able to go out and get it done and uh, and now you're looking. I think. Uh, Aren't you looking at uh, Fox Sports? Aren't they talking to you yeah, about expanding? And talking going? about Fox Sports, and uh, we're dabbling with Netflix. Yeah, see, so, I mean, so, whoa, whoa, Netflix. Yeah, man. Yeah, but I think you're going to re- be required to wear a speedo if you're on Netflix, aren't you? That, that ain't going to happen. Nobody wants to see none of that. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> well, somebody, somebody, <laughs> well, some, somebody you, somewhere would pay for that. Do you own a pair of jeans now? I got a few. Shut up, Bill. Yeah, I got a few pair of jeans. You jerk. Why? Hey, Why? if he wants to do what he was talking to me about, he's better have a pair of pants. Is all I, can say. I got jeans and I got shoes. I can get. I got boots. We're good. Yeah, okay. but uh, but I mean uh, seriously, uh, you know, uh, carbon TV and, and the more that we see, uh, you know, people that are uh, struggling, and I think that a lot of people are uh, the old shows and stuff are being weeded out. And when we talked to uh, Brunson when he was in here, uh, you know, a guy who's done it for. 20 almost 20 years so a long time he's seen them come and see them go and uh it's it's not an easy thing to do uh, there's hard. a lot of, there's a lot of work involved in it and you know through my experience with daniel lee martin and his his shows that he's done uh, i know that he's on carbon tv now and for years Killing it. yeah i mean for years uh you don't we don't know that side of the business and then when you get to talk to somebody who's been dealing with it for a long period of time you find out you know the the policies and the politics and all the other stuff and the the money and everything else that goes hand in hand and it has nothing to do with what you see on television you know i think a lot of people back in the day thought you know well heck if bill dance can just sit out in a boat and fish all day well i could do that and and have a tv show (laughs) and uh you know nowadays and then you had that that period of time jonathan can attest to this that you had those guys who thought that, well, uh, you know, these yahoos can do it, and they're knocking on every archery shop, gun shop, sponsorship, all that other stuff, trying to get stuff for free. Uh, you know, I, I can being tell a pro you. staffer, quote, air quote, pro staffer. Well, uh, it's uh, ridiculous to see people, and I laughed the other day because I saw it on Facebook and on Instagram, 
and it's the cute girl holding a bow and arrow that says, just bought my first bow and arrow, will be on 25 pro staffs by the end of the week. (laughs) Pretty much. Or the the fishing chick who's holding the picture, her boyfriend boyfriend caught the fish. Yeah, well, I mean, these these things happen. How do you know that? But... The thing, well, the point I'm trying to make is a lot of people don't know the effort and on what you well, have to do, and, yeah. and talking with Daniel Lee and knowing that, you know, you, the hunting aspect—it's almost like hunting itself. You do all this preparation to get out there and get in the woods, and when you finally do get uh, the deer or turkey or whatever it is, then the work begins. Then you yeah. have to drag it out of there, clean it, do all the other hard work and all the other stuff. It's the same thing. You get out, you go, you shoot footage, then you got to bring it all back in. You got to edit. You got to do audio. You got to go back. You got to put in voice it's, track uh, over I, the top. And I can oh, tell you I, firsthand, none of this, none of this would be possible without the support group of you guys. My brother in the beginning, he was my cameraman. My family, my wife, and now Captain Jim and Brandon and Bill George, all you guys, everybody together has helped make this dream come to a reality. Well, and, and, and I it, couldn't do it without you guys. And no. I think in the long run, if you actually, uh, if you Look at successful shows like that. They'll acknowledge that it's not just one guy out there. You know, uh, it's a team effort. You know, it can't be some dude who you know who was a fisherman and then thought he was a radio star, and then all of a sudden he's going to be a TV star because he's got a drone and he can take some really cool footage and all that kind of stuff. Right. It it just doesn't work that way. I'll tell you what. The first time I shot the first the very first episode, I was a nervous wreck. Yeah, of course. My you stomach were. was flipping and flopping. Well, it's, I got a face for radio, man. What am I doing on TV? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <You know? laughs> what am I thinking? And yeah. like he said, like Braden said to me, you know, he's seen it before too. There's all those people out there, you know, that, I mean, there's all those guys that I know that they could go, as the old saying goes, they could catch a 40 inch snook out of a puddle in a red, you know, Walmart parking lot. Right. And I mean, but if you put a camera on them, they, they're Ricky Bobby. What do I do with my hands? Well, I, 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 can, I, can, I can also, I need to thank radio. Yeah. Radio prepped me for this because I took a lot of the stuff that I've, I've learned throughout the years on the radio, working with Braden, doing my own show, and transformed it over to television. Yes. Which is a, an easier transition, I think, than from somebody television doing radio because you don't have a script and everything else in front of you. But uh, I just wanted to say good on you, and I, I I'm glad it. to thank see you. that. I'm glad to see that Carbon TV and others like it uh, are now becoming uh, more popular, I think, with outdoorsmen because uh, this this device that we all carry in our pocket is now going everywhere with us. and uh, On demand. On yes, demand, sir. and you can go uh, download the Carbon TV app. You can have it on your phone, and while you're sitting there in the, like Bill George and you're sleeping up there through the noontime, you know, you could be watching a little Carbon TV while you're waiting on the big old buck to come in. I do that at lunch. When I go to lunch, I'll put Carbon TV on, sit in my truck, and well, watch a couple episodes of somebody else's stuff. And sure the funny thing is, is me and you have had this conversation with the hunting side of it. And John and everybody else, one thing that I found with the platforms like Carbon TV and just all the other ones out there now, of course, I mean, Carbon TV was the main one to start it, but... It's just like the conversations you have with Brunson and, you know, I know the guys from Bone Collector and all these other guys. You can't show the true hunting, no. the skinning, the processing, the the whole thing. Like you can't you can. on Carbon TV. You exactly. You, you, so. can go, you, can go, you can go old school and do what you want to on Carbon TV. And I'd rather see that because that's the I, true form of it. I would like to see Vince gut a pig. 
bring it. Give me, it. G- give me the knife. Come on. Challenge please. accepted. Yeah. <laughs> Take us to break. I will say this, that if you ask me to do an alligator, I don't care what you say. I'm not doing it. It's just nasty they and it's stink. horrible, and yeah, and it's not fun at all. All right, we're going to take a break. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford and G5 Feeding Outdoors. Go by and see them today. They're open. They'll be open until 8 o'clock tonight. they got plenty of stuff going on in there. Go see it. Go see it now.